This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO. Fun phone calls from me. Call us, text us anytime. 651-461-9226. 651-461-9226. I'll read some of the texts a bit later in the show. Joining us now... On the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the one and only Chuck Foreman. Uh, obviously Viking great, but beyond. And, and tonight we find him in Verndale, Minnesota, where they know a little bit about playing a winning brand of football, and he was there to help some of the football players and the team today. Chuck, thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you very much for having me, Mike. It's good to always talk to you. I'm down here in Verndale. Actually, with a little youth camp here they have in the yeah. town. The town, they did a great job down here, and... You know, they do a lot of things down. I was down in, uh, I think it was a Sebeka or Sebeka. something like that. Yep. Sebeka. Yep. Sebeka yesterday and Burndale today. And so, like, it's been, uh, it's been a nice little trip. When you watch kids play football, can you tell real quickly, uh, uh, where they're at and what they need to work on? I can see when kids are this young and I can see them, you know, some are a little developed quicker than others you know as physically but and then every now and then you see one or two out there that that you know you see a little something special in them you know and uh, and that means that you know the mental physical part of it but and they enjoy it so yeah i I can see that in in a lot of young kids yeah were you always the biggest fastest and strongest when you're growing up no not at all but uh I was. I always competed. That's for sure. There's some. That's that's one thing I always did. I didn't work me or anything like that. Well, you mean so? When, when did you evolve into? I mean, I know you were a tight end in high school at one point in time, but when did when did it dawn on people that hey, this kid's got a little something more? I don't. I think when I was younger, I used to always compete with the older guys. Try it anyway. So. Yep. I was always out there with the older guys, you know, they were beating me up, pushing me around, whether it be on the basketball court or football. And then, you know, I remember when I <clears throat> was winning the high school and back then, you know, you played in the 10th grade, you know, I just remembered, you know, when we were in there, we had these little drills and stuff um, that I saw supposed to be the best, toughest guy on the, on the team that played defense and we had these little Oklahoma drills and I just jumped right in there with him. Yeah. And I established myself right then with the team, you know, Did you, really, you jumped in for the one-on-one, huh? 
Yeah, I jumped in with the one on old Oklahoma. The yep, team, with the toughest guy on the team. You know, and I, you know, I was quicker than him, and that was too bad for him. But <laughs> that's how I started. Yeah, and then you win the respect of the locker room, right? Exactly. So okay. that's where I got. Started. I was, but I respected everybody there. I was just a sophomore, but I got you. No, I no, was just yeah. right. Yes, Chuck Foreman is our guest. Chuck, what do coaches, what do players look for in a coach? Uh, the, the Vikings have a new coach now, Kevin O'Connell. What do they want to find out as early as they can? Uh, what they want to do, I mean, to me, I like an honest coach. I like a coach that's, uh, um, you know, that can communicate with me, that's going to tell me what I really need to do, not what I want to know. I think that's the basic thing for me that I look for in the coach, you know, and, uh, you know, he's got to be real. You didn't have to play for many different coaches with the Vikings because it was the same staff pretty much throughout, right? Yeah, Bud had the same guys around, the same staff. And of course, he he ran the show, and in, and his co- his assistants were, you know, he we had great assistants, and he, Bud didn't do a whole lot of anything but observe. Yep. And observe he did. And observe you know, he did. Yep. <laughs> he, he, nothing, nothing went by him at all. So he was, uh, he was unique in that way. Yes, he was. Uh, the Vikings have Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison, two running backs that are both mm-hmm. pretty darn good. Madison's had to kind of wait his turn. Do you like that duo, uh, and do you wish they'd feature them more? Well, I think we're blessed to have two backs like uh, of that caliber. Of course, you know, Dalvin Cook. You know, I've been knowing a whole lot about Dalvin Cook more before he knew I knew about him. Yeah. I knew Dalvin Cook because a lot of my friends, when I coached in, my, coached in high school and stuff in Miami, and I remember a friend of mine um, that's a coach down the name Arnold Johnson, he was saying, Chuck, you know, we got this kid down here named, you know, you know, Dalvin Cook, and he goes, he's going to be going to Miami Central. He says, but let me tell you something. He's one of the best I've ever seen come out of Miami. So I knew that. I knew that about him when he was just like a sophomore in high school. Okay, he was he was so, trending, huh? Yeah, he was trending then. And then, of course, he goes off the floor to say they wanted him at Miami, and then now we got him in uh, Minnesota. But I knew I knew about Dalvin when he didn't even know about me. How, how good is Alexander Madison? I think Alexander Madison is, is as good as, you know, let's put it like this. <clears throat> if he wasn't in Minnesota, he'd be starting with another team in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. I think I can, I don't think I could say it better than that. He's got that kind of talent. Fortunately, we have both of them. Unfortunately, He's, you know, he's behind Dalvin Cook. So, but that's a good thing for us because, you know, with the way things go uh, during the during the football season, your guy can get banged up. You need to have a guy that can come in where you don't lose anything. And fortunately for us, we have that. Now, I talked to Alexander not long ago. We were sitting there discussing. We were just sitting on the park bench talking. And I said, I, I observe you and Delvin to have a great relationship. And I said, and even though you're competing for the same spot, I said, I always see you guys laughing mm-hmm. uh, and just things that, you know, you read between the lines and say, these two really seem like they get along well. And I said, you're, you're competing yeah. for the same space. And he said, Delvin yeah. told me when I got here, he said, beat me out. 
Go ahead. Beat me up. Do everything you can to take my job because that's how I'm going to get better. Um, right. And I know, you know, when you got here, it's a little bit different because uh, you had veterans sitting there, Oscar Reed, and I mean, some pretty good, you know, Dave Osborne. And, but, but, but what was your theory about that? Did, 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 did you want uh, uh, in the room, was it important that you got along with the other running backs or not? Well, no question about it. Of course, they had a veteran room, running back room anyway, and they, all of them were, were pretty successful when I got here. Yeah. I think they had a sense that I was there to, uh, you know, yep. to, to replace the cure. But in, instead of them, I mean, they embraced me. I guess I can say it like that. Yeah. They all showed me the ropes and showed me what I needed to do. They put the hard work in and they set good examples for me. I just did everything they did um, when I was at practice. You know, Dave Osborne, you know. He run, you know, every play he run, run the whole field. And so I said, okay, that's what I did. So I did that. Uh, they taught me uh, how to read, uh, you know, defenses for the most part, how to pick up blitzes, everything you needed to know. And the main thing was if you wanted to be in, uh, in the game, um, you know, the entire game, you had to be able to pick up a blitz. Ah. And that was the key. You know, people don't realize that, but as a runner, if you can't pick up a blitz, you just, you, you're not at every down back. Yeah. You're just a one or two, you know, you're just not. Yep. And that takes you off the field on the most critical down in the game, and that's third down. Yep. And be in there on the critical down. So I learned how to pick up the blitzes and to, uh, to identify when they were coming and how to, how to cheat to pick it up. And that's one of the key things, you know, if you're going to be in every down back, you got to do. Unfortunately, you know, Dalvin's been able to do that. And, of course, we've had Adrian here. He he wasn't able to be on the field on third downs. And yep. uh, he, he was a great runner and yep. all. But, you know, that, that took away from his game because he wasn't able to do or he didn't pick up blitzes as well. What what was Ed Marinero like as a teammate? He went on to fame as an actor and st- still is doing yeah, some acting. Yeah, he, well, and and he Eddie played the uh, same position as you. Yeah, Eddie was a great teammate. You know, then they moved him from. I played I played fullback. You got to remember, I was a fullback. Eddie was a two back, which is running back. But Eddie was a great teammate and actually a really good player. And. Um, I, you know, we got, we got Brent McClanahan in there, and and uh, they traded Eddie off to to the New York Jets. Yeah, but he was you know, good friend, great friend. You know, you know, really good football player, and yeah, really enjoyed, and still today, you know. Yep. Uh, when I uh, have a relationship with Eddie. Yeah, he went on to Hill Street Blues, and he was the heartthrob of America there for a while. Well, Eddie was. Yeah, he, he, Everybody he, wanted to be awesome. like Eddie there for a while, didn't they? <laughs> I always asked him, I said, why did you leave Hill Street Blues? Yeah. You know, because I said, you had a great deal. Yeah, yeah. He had this pilot coming up, and he was going to be the star in the pilot and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it didn't work out, but, 
you know, he had a great run. A great run, and he had many options while he was in the midst of all but, that, as they say. Now, Chuck, training camp is, is 11 contact periods. I asked Ed Donatello, the defense coordinator, about it. They said, can you get out of a training camp what you want to get out of it if you don't hit very much? It's a lot different than when you played at Mankato. I mean, guys, tonight, Chuck, when they get done meetings, they just go home. Can you imagine that at training yeah. camp? No dorm. No no getting making sure the air conditioner's running. Uh, do, do you think that this is a good way to approach it, the, the, the short training camps and guys going home at night? I think it does a lot. Physically, it, 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 it saves a lot for them for sure. And I think with the, the way they do that now, well, I, I guess it's working. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? Well, and if everybody's doing the same thing, it's not like you're losing off to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, everybody's doing the same thing. And, you know, physically, I think it's smart. You know, we used to have six-week training camp. and Six, six weeks and six games in training camp. Now they play three games, you know? Right, right. So, but physically, you know, you, you you were actually playing a half, almost a half a season in the preseason. Yeah. So, yeah, so that – I think it's smart to do it that way. It takes – uh. I know it saves your players. It does a it does a lot of good things. I, th- I think that was a good good choice for a good change for the NFL. All right, last question: you, mm-hmm. you you sell a lot of your own merchandise now, and you become an entrepreneur uh, because through social media, there's things that you can do. What's on the right. docket right now? What are you selling? How do people find it? Well, they can go to chuckforman 44com They got a lot of different things on there. I know they work. We're working on a lot of different products are coming out. I don't want to say products, but different things like maybe different t-shirts, different shirts, different hats, uh, pictures, uh, bobblehead type things, yep. and football. You know, we got a lot of different things that, that are coming out there, and we try to change up a little bit because people do collect a lot of stuff, and so we try to make things attractive. Uh, to people, and then also they can go in there if they want us to, you know, if they got something going on, birthday parties, or yep. just to come watch the game with us, or all those kind of things where we can mingle now that COVID's over. All of those things are available. So, you, you know, and plus we're getting booked up pretty much for the whole season. So if anybody's interested in just. You mean for Sundays uh, and things like that? Yeah, for all that, yeah, for, you know. So watch a game I, with Chuck, kind of thing. Yeah, so we'll we'll be able to do that. There's be there'll be a couple games that I think that we'll take a fan or two or somebody that wants to come to come to a game with me to go down there. We're even going to do that. So wow, we're kind of spreading out. This it's kind of like I'm feeling my way through it, and it's been really enjoyable for sure. And the fact that I haven't played football in a long time and people still requesting me to be different players is kind of mind-blowing, but I'm enjoying it. You found some great photos, too, and it's too bad you didn't, you know, if you had cameras like they have cameras now on your phone, holy cow, but some of that stuff that pops up on there, you and Fred Zamberletti in the training room, things like that, I I just can't believe it. You know what? I don't know where Ben finds all that stuff, but, you know, People send in stuff. I mean, or you know, I don't know what site he goes to or how he does it, but there's a lot of things that come in there that I can't even believe he has. Heck, I didn't even know that the pictures were being taken. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, but it you know, and and that's the interesting thing about the whole the whole thing is like I'm never surprised at the things that p- people send in or, or Ben finds out there that 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 you know that that are out there. Yeah, it's it's fun stuff. It's interesting stuff. Hey, Chuck, have fun uh, coaching the kids. I know you'll be encouraging to them, but we appreciate your time very much. Well, it's always a privilege to be with you, Mike. You know, you're one of the best, man. And, you know, we're blessed to have you on there for so long. <laughs> I appreciate I that, man. It's just that so long <laughs> part I don't like here, but I get it. <laughs> but wait a minute, man. You know, I go way back with you. Yeah, man. Ago. Remember, we went and taped a show to Casino years ago. Remember, we flew to the casino, you and I and Jerry Burns and uh, Darren Nelson, and taped some shows. Remember that? Yeah, man, I sure did. So, But anyway, man, you had a long run. You're going to have a longer run. So the people are blessed to have you on there for as long as you, you're there. That's all I and ask. We look forward to it. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Did you get that for the podcast? Chris? I'm sorry, I wasn't rolling. Were you able to capture that? Okay, I'll recite it again. Okay? Yeah, tell, yeah, tell me the whole here's thing what you, Now, here's what Chuck said about me, <laughs> and, then, and then you just use that podcast, okay? Oh, so again, we're uh, it's the Maxi Appreciation Hour. I, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you a story about Chuck Foreman. When I was a kid, the Chuck would never know when we come back. Stay with us. Welcome back. Sports to the Max, News Talk 830 WCCO. So Chuck Foreman was, was there, I mean, in the glory days. I remember watching Chuck when he was drafted from here. It was so much different then because he did't have the massive amounts of information. Basically, he'd get you know, he'd get drafted, he'd be in the newspaper, and you'd read about him, and the chances are you'd never seen Miami play uh, in Minnesota. I mean, there, there, was, there was no cable at that time, so you, know, you, you might have caught him at some point in time somehow, but it wouldn't have been readily available to you. And the Chuckster came up here, and his first year, you could just see he was special. Bud Grant didn't like playing rookies, but he had to play Chuck Foreman. And they had to keep creating space for him. And at Met Stadium, uh, in the old man, if you went to Met Stadium, and if you did, give me your best memory, six five one four six one nine two two six. But one of the great, one of the, uh, our family had season tickets. And, and um, I think we got them after the Vikings went to the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they held them for 40-some years. But anyway, one, one of the great thrills is you'd go to the game, I'd go with my dad, and uh, there, were, there were four couples uh, kind of from Gaylord there that, that bought tickets together, and they, they'd go, and once you'd go to one game a year with your dad, and it was really fun. And, and you'd smell the smells, et cetera. But after the game, uh, you'd go down and, and get autographs. And um, that was almost the bigger thrill than the game, right, because you saw these guys coming out. You knew where they came out. It was in the Met Stadium parking lot. People were still tailgating. I mean, it was a party. For people that remember, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You'd smell that people were grilling and all this stuff. And I remember Chuck was a rookie. And he was like the autograph you wanted, man, because he was the man, the guy. And he wasn't coming out. He wasn't coming out. Well, it turned out he was getting some kind of a treatment. And eventually he came out. He had like a limp. Like he, he had bruises. And I remember he walked. We, we had to follow him all the way to his car to get um, to get the autograph. And I want to say it was a red Camaro with a black top. I got to ask Chuck that. Uh, but as he's getting in the car, I remember he signed my uh, signed my autograph and said a couple of things, whatever it was. And I mean, you'd have thought the earth just stood still. Chuck Foreman, man, the star. And, and I mean, they had stars on that team. Uh, you know, Fran Tarkington and Alan Page and Jim Marshall and Jeff Seaman and 
Ron Yeri and Ahmad Rashad was uh, yet to come, but you, you know you get the idea. Um, I mean, they had stars, and, and and Chuck was the new star, and he was the feature piece that they needed. And uh, I'll never forget that. And that was, you know, little did I know later, you know, crossed paths with him many, many times. But uh, it's pretty, you're pretty impressionistic. I was probably in what third grade, something like that, second or third grade. Uh, you don't forget those moments. I thought you would. You don't forget those moments. And and Chuck was right there, center stage. When we come back, you hear a lot about the NIL. There's a former Gopher, and they're putting something in place so that the University of Minnesota has kind of a, a way to wade through this. And, and, and we're still getting caught up on it, but it's a really interesting concept as to how they're going to handle it. We'll visit with him when we come back on Sports to the Max. So we're all getting our arms around this name, image, and likeness and how can college people use it to their advantage. And now you're getting comparisons market to market as to how it works and where you can profit the most. And it's becoming a huge piece of recruiting and building your programs, uh, athletic programs. But there's a lot that we don't know about it as well. I've known Derek Burns since he was in high school. And then he went on to play for the Golden Gophers and Glenn Mason and bowl games and everything else. Uh, and a successful career since then. He is now involved in, to an extent, the NIL world, uh, leaving one company, they sold it, and, and, and they moved on. It's a great story to tell that way, but also to give us some clarification on what's going on out there, specifically as it pertains to this marketplace. He joins us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Derek, always good to visit with you. Caught up with you this afternoon and talked to you in, in, in many years. It was great to visit with you. It's been too long, Mike. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on, and it's good to be talking with you again. Yeah, now now explain, you, you had a great career for the Gophers, and, the, and then you went into, uh, uh, you got into the computer game a little bit, right? Yeah, I uh, worked at a technology company, myself and my colleague Rob Gagg, who's also partnered with me on this, this NIL collective. We worked together for 20 years, and right here in the Twin Cities, and we sold the company about a year ago, and our intention was to take a break, uh, but that didn't last too long. Uh, this this opportunity came up and got partnered with a group of passionate fans, and we're excited to try and get something off the ground to support the student-athletes right here. So explain what it is and we're on the ground floor of and what you're doing. Right. So about a year ago, the Supreme Court decided that uh, to allow college athletes to, to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. Um, so that includes the exposure, the visibility, the revenue, and things like that. So this has opened a door for, for college athletes to not be paid to attend the university, not be paid to play athletics at a university, despite may, that maybe being the perception. And, and some of the things happening down south and the way it's being treated down there, what the ruling, what the ruling says is that this will allow players to be able to earn money through things like running camps, having apparel sponsors, um, attaching their names to causes and things like that, and being able to raise awareness for things. And so they can benefit from that and use their platform and be compensated for it, you know, through money and through, you know, increased exposure and visibility. And so, you know, we're getting our arms around this and you guys put together the platform for this, this new company. What can you do? How do you function? Yeah. So the universities themselves are, are not allowed. They have to be arm's length from this. So they can't, they can't be part of these, these, any of these deals or, or, you know, be a part of these negotiations or things like that. So collectives, which is what this organization is, uh, have, have sprouted up as a means to support these student athletes. So what we're able to do is basically help create opportunities 
for the current student athletes at the University of Minnesota to partner with fan organizations, businesses, be a part of sponsorships and things like that. Again, the, the emphasis here is for them to be able to earn money in a way that they haven't been able to in the past. So we'll do things, you know, launching this fall, we'll do things like we're going we're gonna to offer fan memberships. We're going to offer corporate sponsorships. And those fans and, and corporations will be able to partner with the athletes on, you know, things like meet and greets and autograph signings and events and be a part of, you know, maybe charity fundraisers and um, appear in, you know, commercials or billboard advertising and things like that. Things we've seen from, you know, the pro market for a long time, but this is now available for college athletes. Okay, so, so you also have to coach the college athletes to an extent as we get going here, sort of, because we're all hearing all these big numbers and these facts and mm-hmm. the blah, blah, blah. And it's true that there's big numbers out there, but the big numbers, as I've studied, are for a very select few. Right. And, and you have to really be careful if you're a college athlete to think, well, I heard, you know, that guy got a million, so I'm at least worth yep. 100000 Well, it doesn't work that way. and it's not At least it's not working that way. I, I, explain that piece of it as you, as, as you try to coach the kids as well because they don't know, you know, they don't right. know a lot about what's going on either. It, exactly. It, this is also new. Uh, you know, it, this, this rule was changed a year ago, and really for the first six months, not much happened. It's just really in the last six months that things have, have taken off. But you're exactly right. I'm glad you brought it up. One of the biggest, or if not the biggest, misconceptions right now as we sit with NIL is that what you're reading about and hearing is, is, are the top 4%, uh, the top 4% of NIL-valued athletes, be that high school um, graduates or transfers, that are getting the, supposedly getting these. I am also skeptical about the, the follow-through and the details in some of these big deals, but that's what's making the headlines. A quarterback in Tennessee is going to get a million dollars to do something with, with a school down there. That is not stratifying down as we speak now. So you're right. It's a learning curve for the athletes and the fans and, and the sponsors to understand that just because the number two recruit in the country is attending in a university and is able to get a sponsorship deal that's in, in the six-figure range does not mean that a recruit, you know, down somewhere down the list is going to get $50,000 or $100,000 or seventy five. It's not stratifying down. It's, it's really been the top 4% that have garnered a lot of uh, supposedly a lot of these uh, big deals so far. So, Derek, one of the things that I hear is, you know, one of the primary ways that, that, that kids are getting into this is through being influencers in, in the social media market and, and yep. figuring that out. And it, it kind of puts the ball in their court then, right? I mean, if you're creative, yep. if you're smart, if you know how to do it, uh, companies are looking for you. And if you're an athlete, you can yep. take advantage of that. But is that kind of been the primary where, where, where they're going to first? Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, if these kids want to be creative and go do something for us, we'll, we'll, we'll work with them. Yeah, it's the mo- that's been the most straightforward. It's the most accessible. Look, every, I don't want to say every, almost every business or, or organization in America wants to access a network of young yep. fans. The young, young demographic, because they can keep them right. for 30 years if they get them right. Yep. <laughs> right. So if you, can, if you can partner with, you know, for example, a gymnast who has 10,000 followers on Instagram or yep. a basketball player who has you know, 50,000 followers on social media, that is your way. That's a very hard market an expensive market to penetrate through, through regular means. But if you partner with a college athlete, have them endorse a product or partner with you as a business and have them get behind you and tell their followers, Hey, support, Hey, go for fans, 
support my friends at, you know, local community bank X or, or, you know, company Y, that's a really good reach for that company to be able to access. And, 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 and you know, when the, the other piece of, the, of Minnesota, I'm anxious to get your uh, take on this, but it, it, let's just say you want to sell uh, some car dealer uh, wants uh, somebody on the billboard. Well, you know, they're not just going to go to the University of Minnesota. They're going to compare mm-hmm. that to Kirk Cousins, to Adam Thielen, right. to, uh, you, know, you know, you named uh, uh, the athlete out there, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Carlos mm-hmm. Correa, whoever it is. So, so the market here is a crowded market that way when it gets yeah. down. And uh, if you're doing a favor, that's one thing, or it's kind of a donation. But when it's business against business and you're trying to make profit off it, it becomes real competitive real quick, doesn't it? It does. And, and I would say I would agree with you and say that per capita, I believe the Twin Cities is the most crowded sports market in the country. Yeah. I mean, there, there, are, there are other markets that have more teams, but they're a lot bigger population wise. So there's no doubt that, that this market is incredibly noisy and incredibly competitive and, and, you know, full of different options for fans to pay attention to. But I would, a couple things, I would say that one of the advantages that, that athletes at the University of Minnesota present here is that they are going to be more approachable from a monetary standpoint than some of these other entities. You know, if, if you want to partner with a professional organization or professional athlete or some of these other options uh, in a big way, first of all, you're limited on your options. Many of those things are under contract. They already have the leagues um, negotiate the contracts on, and decide in some cases who players can and can't work with. Uh, they have to sort of sign off on that. The other thing is it's a very high entry point uh, money-wise. So again, using the example of if you're, a, if you're a local community bank or you're a local business, you may not be able to partner with a large media entity on a, on a six or seven figure ad buy, but you might be able to partner with, with uh, a group of student athletes on, on one of these teams and, and have them support your business or be an ambassador for your business. And it would be financially attractive to do that. We hear some about uh, alignments within teams where, you know, you can, you can bring us all out and all those things and the football team, things like that. I, is that a piece of this right now where, where you can get all four of us to come? Are, are they partnering within? Uh, say that again. So, so like, the, I've heard, like, the, the Gopher football, like, the, the, the six-year seniors uh, could, mm. could call themselves, trademark themselves something, and then, and then try to use that as, as mm. a way to get some NIL money going. Are, are, yeah, are the kids getting creative that way? Yes. Yeah, I mean, these, <laughs> these young adults are creative is the word. So they are, I mean, it's effectively, they're, they're owning their own business now. And, and however they can be creative and find creative ways to do that, you know, we've, we've met with a couple individuals recently who are into graphic design. They're designing their own logos. They're creating their own T-shirts. They're, so, yeah, rebranding themselves is a good way of putting it, um, whether it be with a group of teammates, a class of teammates, a group of individuals, what have you. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're, they kind of have this entrepreneurial spirit. And, and again, with the market being really young and new, it's kind of fun. You know, it's, it's fun for these players to figure out what works and what doesn't and, and find out where they can. And, and I'll just tell you, after working with some of these young adults, it, it is not just about the money. They're very excited to be a part of, of, of a business, you know, uh, environment and to be able to experiment and to be able to increase visibility and exposure. You know, these, these young people, they want, they want to get exposure on social media. They want to, they want reach and things like that. So it's not just the money. They're excited to be a part of this and part of something brand new. 
Um, when you know, and, and maybe that would be the great takeaway, right? Is is it's not how much they make, whether at the university or wherever it is, right. but going forward, they're going to go. Hey, I'm I'm so much more ready for the the job market now yeah. than I ever would have been because I've already been thinking creatively and about money. Well, this is what the this is what the teams and and the organization or the schools, particularly the ones down south that are going with a pay for play model where where they are finding ways to just get money to the athletes for doing as little as possible. Not only is that really not compliant and within NCAA rules, but you're building no value. You're, you're trying to buy a championship team by trying to attract, you know, these young adults and saying, we'll give you X amount of money and you don't have to do anything for it. You're not building any value. And Oh, by the way, uh, what, what's going to happen when you don't win a championship? Are these, are these boosters and people going to ante up and, and continue to do that year over year? That's an open question. But you're right. It's the, it's the value that you build through this NIL platform in addition to the money. It's the value and the things that you're doing with this opportunity that are going to be long-lasting. I will, I will sit here right now and tell you, I, I guarantee you that, that one or more of these partnerships that these athletes make with these corporate sponsors will end up being their job post career. They will, they will get to know people at these businesses and guess what? They're going to end up working because the businesses are going to get to know the athletes and they're going to say, this is a, this is a great individual. We want them to work for our company when they're done. Yeah, plus the one-offs are, you know, that they, they meet somebody from a company that moves to a different company that remembers them. All that networking comes into play. Right. Now, now, what scares you the most about this? And, and, and maybe, I don't know, it might not be as much at the University of Minnesota, but I think about that million-dollar quarterback that shows up as a freshman and gets beat out by the fourth game of the year. What, what scares you the most as you yeah. look at the NIL in total? Well, I think there are some rough waters ahead in the near term. I think what's scary is, is it's, it's kind of, people have used the term wild, wild west right now. The, without going into a really long explanation, the NCAA has been, been fairly hands off at regulating this or enforcing this because, you know, there are some antitrust concerns with, with limiting an individual's ability to earn money. And so there are those that, that see this as a free runway and and there are people that are going wild. And again, I, I question the sustainability of that long term, but near term it's gonna be rough and, and you know, these coaches are feeling it right now because, you know, they may they may lose an individual to to someone who's waving, you know, an attractive offer, which again may or may not be followed through on, but but drawing, you know, these young individuals away for, you know, maybe the wrong reasons perhaps. And that's scary. I mean you, you, you want Ultimately, you want a good experience for for that individual. Earning some money is okay, but you, you want to take care of that individual and have them grow in the time that you're there. You know, the, we we both know the statistics. Ninety nine plus percent of these these individuals are never going to make a dollar on their athletic prowess at a pro level. So the overwhelming majority of them are not going to go pro, and so you know, earning a little bit of money is good, but coming away with some of those other benefits and being yeah. able to grow in those areas is just as important. Yeah. And by the way, I tell you where you can make some money if you go to Eden Prairie. They got four linebackers in the NFL right now, Derrickson, Eden Prairie. Can you believe that? That's got to be most uh, – yeah, no high school could have four linebackers in the NFL, could they? Yeah, that's. A, I wouldn't think yeah. so. I wouldn't think so. It's, Mike's got a, a, a tremendous – you know, <laughs> And you were the start of it, buddy. You and Jay yeah, Foreman, well, I, yeah. It's funny. It's it's you know you do mention Eden Prairie and people kind of roll their eyes and they're kind of tired of Eden Prairie winning. But it wasn't always like that. You know, no. before before um, you know we got started at Eden Prairie, it was there was a lot of 
literally a lot of prairie out there, and there yeah. wasn't a lot of football wins, so it wasn't always like that. Well, you got it going. Hey, we'll be in touch with you on this. It's just a fascinating uh, topic to, to discuss and, and to educate people on. But I, I, it's great to reconnect with you, Derek, and we'll do it again soon. Sounds great. Thank you, Mike. Good to catch up. You too. Derek Burns, nice stuff to join him. I'll go way back with him and his family. It's just great to talk to him again. Take a break. I'll tell you one thing that they got to do to make this work, and it is big. It's a big piece of this. Next. The key in this NIL deal is they're going to just have to reconstruct staffs. They're going to have to create positions for people that deal with it. Coaches aren't going to be able to to navigate this. I mean, it's just so slippery for them because uh, they're going to have to use it as a recruiting tool. Uh, to encourage that, hey, if you come here, there's lots of NIL money, and yet they've got to be very succinct on knowing the rules and saying, well, we can guarantee you this, you can get that, all those things, which most coaches aren't that familiar with. I I mean, you're going to need some kind of a legal guardian there somewhere in the middle to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is what you can do and this is how you can do it, but anything, you can't promise anything. If you have any questions about it, it goes through us because we've got to make sure you're not in violation of it, all this stuff. And, and it, 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 they're going to need more people in administration, particularly in the you – know, really, let, let, let's have a real conversation, right? We're down to football, men's basketball. And and then occasionally you'll have somebody that's going to be a, a Gabe Stevenson type that, that jumps off the page that people want a piece of, uh, you know, people like that, Paige Beckers. Uh, but, but you can deal with them too. But in general, you're going to have to get somebody in the offices of the uh, – the football coach, the men's basketball coach, that that deals just with this. I don't know how else you can keep your arms around this monster. And, and then you're going to go to the point where you know the, the players are going to make uh, uh, more money than the assistant coach is telling them what to do, and there's going to be a 19 year old kid. I, I, and, and and somebody's going to have to navigate through that and be able to to be right in the middle of it because it's really not fair to put the head coaches in this position where, where they need to start. Um, recruiting with NIL money that they can't speak for. But, yeah, oh, we heard the other school is. Uh, what can you do? Can you quote a figure? Can you say, hey, this person made this much? I don't know. Uh, but that's going to be the biggest problem that they've got. Uh, on the other side, over at uh, Hiawatha Golf Course, they got some things going on right now, as in they want to take away the back nine, turn it into some other things. Today they had a big junior tournament there. Uh, and there's a group of people that are trying to save the back nine at Hiawatha because it is such a – distinct Minnesota property and, and kind of an historic landmark there uh, for a number of different reasons. But so many African-Americans got their start there and they play there. And Tom Lehman and some others are saying, let's do something to preserve this. We'll talk about it with someone that knows a lot about it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.